Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. It's good to see you today. Uh, Grab a Bible, if you will, and uh, start turning over into the New Testament right after the four Gospels. Turn to Acts. We're going to start in chapter 19. And uh, there's Bibles underneath the chairs, they're in the racks. Or use your phone, use your iPad, whatever you have with you. Uh, we like to use your version on your Bible or on your phone. And uh, so that's just a great app to have. But turn to Acts 19, and uh, I'll be there in just a moment with you. Let me ask you a question Do you ever get tired of the news? Who gets tired of the news? Yeah. I think, I think we get tired. I don't know about you, but whenever I watch the news, I feel like I just got washed with a dirty rag. That's kind of what it feels like. Like, wait, I feel dirtier now after watching the news than I did before I watched the news. And, and maybe it's because there's always negative. There's always bad. There's always scandal. There's always, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about Washington. Like, get this figured out, would you? And why is the fighting and the, and the arguing and the struggles, it just seems like it never ends. And I think sometimes as we reflect on that, I don't know about you, but sometimes life is just hard. And I know we talked about that here recently, about, about life being hard, but life can be hard. <clears throat> Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You will. You're going to have trouble in this world. That's just a fact. But I think sometimes we really struggle with that. Here's why I think we struggle. Because when we enter into a relationship with God, and I hope you have a relationship with the Lord, when you enter into a relationship with, your, with the Lord, I think kind of like quietly, we kind of think, oh, now God's going to like, like help me so that I'm not going to have these problems anymore. And so when we have problems, we're like, What's up, God? I, I thought because I believed in you, I go to church, you know, I do what you want me to do, that life should be easier. And what we find is sometimes, no, it's not. No, it's not. In fact, sometimes it's going to be harder because you're a believer in Christ and you're swimming against the stream of society, living differently than the rest of society, and you're going to go through more struggles than if you just went with the flow. And I think... I think deep down inside all of us, we're always a little bit surprised. We're surprised because like when somebody we know is sick and we're like, we're praying for them and they get worse and we're like, I, I thought you were going to listen to me, God, and I thought because I'm asking you were going to heal them and sometimes God doesn't heal them. Sometimes they die and then we're like, well, what's the matter? What's the matter with my faith? And I want to encourage you on something today. This is what we're going to look at. There's two ways to live your life in terms of this. If you want to live your life in a sense of, I expect good and I expect God to do me favors and to do what I'm asking him to do, I will tell you this, you will live a life of disappointment. Life will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. Even God will disappoint you if he doesn't do what you think he ought to do. You will be disappointed. 
the other side of this is to recognize that from the beginning, once sin entered into this world, you and me, we're sinners. If you're in a family, living with a family of sinners, working with a workplace of sinners, in a society of sinners, and a whole broken world. And if you recognize that it's a broken world, and you recognize that in that broken world, God has saved you, but you're still living in a broken world, you're going to see life differently. You're going to see it by grace. That when, when things go well, you're going to be like, thank you, God, that you, you showed me your grace in this, and you're going to live more positively. And I think we struggle with this, because this is what we kind of really wish. Like, wow, now that I'm a believer, I wish it went well. Jesus didn't say that. But when we recognize that life is hard, there's trouble, there's problems, and we're forever going to deal with problems and issues and struggles. And why is that? Jesus called it. He said the thief, meaning the devil, came to steal, kill, and destroy. His very mission is to make havoc in your life. That's, that's his mission. To get you discouraged so that you won't follow the Lord anymore. That's his mission. And he will use every means possible to destroy your faith, destroy your relationships, destroy your relationship with God so that ultimately you'll walk away from God. That's his goal. So know that this is our reality. And then I think you get to see God in the small ways, in the miraculous ways. So as we've been studying through Paul in Acts, I want you to see just one verse, Acts 19 at verse 21. So after all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I'd been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. All right, that's all I want you to see. Like, okay, what's the big deal with that? Paul makes a decision to go to Jerusalem, and it says, and then I'm going to go to Rome. Okay, now turn to the next chapter, chapter 20, and now find verse 22. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, which is what? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That takes a lot of courage. I'm going to Jerusalem. Hardships are waiting for me. But he decides to go anyways. Now go to chapter 21. Find verse 10. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles which would be Rome. 
When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we, we gave up and said the Lord's will be done. So our lesson for today actually starts at verse 17. So just scroll down. Let's see what happens. When we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, that's the brother of Jesus, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of them are zealous for the law. It's a great celebration. Through Paul's ministry, amazing thing happened. See, this is where those, I want to look at both sides of what we just talked about. You know, wow, God's favor was with Paul, even though he went through all these hardships, thousands of people came to know the Lord. But then there's this other hardship side. Verse 21. They have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. That's a rumor. Isn't it interesting that, wow, it's amazing what God did. Awesome. And now there's thousands who are believing that a rumor and a lie. And you know what that means. They're going to want to kill him. See, where's your starting point? Is your starting point life should be good, should be easy? Where's the starting point? Life is hard. It's going to be hard. It's forever going to be hard. So how do I navigate through this and look for God's grace and God's miracles along the way? All right, now, I'm going to have you turn. You can read the rest of the story, but I want you to turn to the next book, Romans. Remember Paul said he was going to go to Jerusalem and then he was going to go to Rome? Well, we're scanning ahead just a little bit. Paul's in Rome when he writes this letter to the Romans. And he's writing to the church in Rome. Turn to chapter 8, if you would. And we looked at chapter 5 last week, but we're going to look at chapter 8 today, because I think there's some things for our consideration. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I found these really helpful for me. I hope you benefit as well, because I think there's three concepts here that really was, was helpful in my relationship with the Lord, my walk with the Lord. I hope you benefit from them too. Go down to verse 18 of Romans chapter 8, Romans 8, 18. Paul writes this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. All right, you might be like, okay, I'm a little bit not sure what that all means. I had to go back and read it a few times myself. But I want you to go back to that verse 18. Let's dwell on that for just a moment. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Here's what Paul is reminding us. Now, remember, he's on home arrest. He's been arrested He's awaiting trial. They're going to take his life. He knows that. He's going to have a death sentence on him. He already knows that. So he's waiting his trial, waiting for a death sentence. Why? Because of his faith in Jesus. And so he says, if I compare our sufferings with what's coming, heaven, there's no comparison. And he's reminding all of us that this life is short. I think the older you are, you realize how much shorter life actually is. It seems like, I don't know if you've heard this, that life is a lot like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Right? It feels that way, like, where did the years go? And as you get older, it seems like life goes faster and faster and faster. And Paul's reminding us, we're not home. You're not home. You and I are passing through this world. And sometimes we make a mistake in life, thinking that this is it. Set up your little world and your little kingdom, because this is going to last forever. And it's not. You're passing through. It's like if you like NASCAR, this is just the trials. This is all it is. For the real race, which is heaven. This is just God working in our life. Like, are you going to follow me? Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to do what I want you to do? Are you going to have a relationship with me? Do you want to have a relationship? This is just the trial. This is just the, the trial lap that goes rather quickly in the scope of eternity. And so when we're in this world and there's suffering going on, Paul's like, all right, let's put this in perspective. You're just passing through. So if you've got to go through hardship, it's going to end. If life is really bad, it's going to end. Even if life is really good, it's going to end. Whatever you're going through that you're like, wow, this is so hard to deal with. It's going to end. There's coming a day that you're going to, if we could look back, I want you to scan ahead with me. It depends on your age. So say 50 years. Some of you are young, so 50 years are like, wow, Ed, I'll be your age when I'm 50, 50 years. And others are like, whoa, I'll be over 100. So it's all a matter of perspective, Okay. Do you think when you're in heaven, the things that you're concerned about today are going to matter? 
No. Do you think the suffering you're going through right now, when you get to heaven, you're going to look back and say, you know, man, I got a bum rap. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think God is using those times of trial, which he said you're going to have, to grow us, stretch us, increase our capacity, build our faith, test our faith. This world is just like a trial. God is prepping you for what's to come. That's what this world is. So whatever you're going through, here's the concept. I want, this is what I want you to take with you, okay, this week. Now, not yet. What's going on in my, wor- my world now? But then there's a not yet. Just wait. The best is yet to come. The best is coming. And so you don't have to be concerned about what's coming. And right now, it's just like, all right, now I'm living this now. It's hard. This is tough. This is challenging. I'm always navigating through problems and issues. All right, that's now. But what's the not yet? There's no comparison to what we're going through and what's coming. So it's the hope. This is what Paul, remember the con- in context? Paul's struggling but in a short amount of time when he gets to be with Jesus forever? It won't matter. None of that will matter. Now he talks about, did you catch creation? You know, all of creation is struggling. Animals die. Trees die. Plants die. Death is around us. Destruction's around us. Tornadoes happen. Hurricanes happen. Tsunamis happen. And we can look and say, well, I can't believe that God's letting that happen. No, this is part of brokenness that we see all of these things that happen, like the flood. We just had the three-year anniversary of the flood in Midland. Things happen. Bad things happen. All of creation is groaning under sin. But God's saying, but just wait. It's all going to be set free from this someday. That's the hope that we have. That whatever you're going through, physically, emotionally, relationally, work, doesn't matter. Health, doesn't matter. What's coming, there's no comparison. So the encouragement of Paul is, be encouraged. Because whatever's going on is going to end. It's going to end. And when you're with Jesus, it won't matter. None of it will matter. Okay, that's the first thing Paul says. All right, here's the second thing. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. All right, now imagine Paul sitting down. What does he pray? God set me free from this prison? That's not going to happen. God, I'm scared. I'm going to die. That's true. He's going to die. 
What does he pray? You ever find yourself in that situation? I do. I do. And sometimes I just sit before God. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. Now I'm walking again. Weather's nice, I'm walking again. Sometimes God and I will just go for a walk. And I'm like, Lord, I don't even know what to tell you right now. I don't have anything to say. And I feel like God's like, you don't have to. Let's just walk together. And so we just go for a nice walk. And I love that because it's about a relationship. You know, sometimes you might be with somebody and you go for a walk and you're not talking, you're just walking. But you know they're there. And I think that's a very comforting thing. That's, that's like there's times, especially in our weakness and in our struggles, that we don't know what to pray. And what does God say? It's okay, because the Spirit of God who lives within us knows what we need. When you're struggling or suffering and you don't know what to pray, the Spirit stands in the gap between the Father and us, and the Spirit who knows us better than we know ourselves is is imploring the Father for what we need. That's comforting. That we don't have to come with a list of, okay, God, I better make sure I ask for all these things. No? Sometimes you just got to sit with God. When you don't know what to do, sit with God. And say, thank you, Spirit, that you know what to pray for, because right now I've got nothing. I just want to sit. Or I just want to walk. I just want to go be with you, God. Great. That is great. If you want to call it advice from Paul. But can you imagine sometimes Paul sitting in house arrest, knowing his death is coming? He just wanted to sit with God. And do nothing. And let the Holy Spirit just intercede. That's what God gives to us. Okay, the third thing. Here's the third thing. Here's what Paul writes. Verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those he also pre- and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Go back to verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. You know what that means? It means what you're going through in terms of if you're struggling or suffering. That God is able to do something good out of it. He's able to bring something good out of it. It doesn't mean what you're going through is good. In fact, it could be downright horrendous. It could be the worst thing you've ever gone through in your life. But God has the ability to bring something good out of something bad. God is always able to do that. Let me give you an example of this. When Jesus went to the cross... There is nothing good anybody can say about it. Death by crucifixion 
is the most horrible way to die. It's, it's, I, I can't even imagine looking at a person hanging on a cross. Imagine Mary watching her son being crucified. It has to be the worst moment in history. Satan, hooting and hollering. Man, he got all the people of God to yell, crucify him, crucify him. Even though many of them were healed by Jesus, blessed by Jesus, fed by Jesus, they received so many things from Jesus, and here they are chanting, crucify him. Suffering from Jesus. Worst thing ever. But you know what they didn't know? Nobody knew? Is that God could bring something out of it. And when Satan had his party on Good Friday night, drinks on the house, party up, we got the Son of God killed. God brought something good out of it and raised them up. I bet the party stopped real quick. You see, nobody knows the mind of God. And nobody knows that God can take even the worst evil of all time, and that's God crucified, and bring something good out of it. And that encourages us, because we'll never go through what Jesus did. But that encourages us that no matter what we go through, no matter how bad, no matter how awful, and, and some of you have witnessed the most horrible things a human being should ever witness. You've witnessed it. God is able to use that and do something good. Would you like a quick example? Paul wrote this with a death sentence. Nothing good about it. But 2,000 years later, here we are, gathered as the people of God. Being encouraged by Paul that Paul was facing death, and yet he could still say, now, not yet, he's looking forward to heaven. Paul could say, I don't know what to pray, God. My death sentence is looming. And he reminds us, it's okay. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking and interceding for us. And then when we think, nothing good can come out of this, how many thousands of people have been encouraged and blessed by what Paul went through that we're still talking about it today. You see, whatever you're going through, just know you're not alone. Know that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He won't leave you for one second, no matter how bad it is. God will sit next to you. He'll cry with you. He'll pray for you. Sometimes before I get up and preach, I say to God, 
Will you pray for me, Spirit? I really need it today. And I trust that the Spirit's praying for me so that I can be here and give you a message from God. Whatever you're going through, just know you're never alone. That's why Jesus said before he died, or before he rose, before he ascended into heaven, excuse me, I'll get it right. I think you can quote it. He said, I am with you, how often? Always. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you for Paul. He knew what was waiting for him in Jerusalem and in Rome. He knew the suffering he was going to have to go through, the rumor, the attacks, the imprisonment, death. But he said, for you, he's willing to give everything up. That, that's such encouragement, Lord. So that, Lord, whatever we're facing, it's probably not death, but sometime we will face that. Father, we know that you're with us. Thank you that when we don't know how to pray, you pray for us. Thank you that whatever bad happens in life, you can always bring something good out of it. We have so much to be thankful for, God, and we just want to say thank you to you. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.